I want to thank you for joining us today on Meeting with God. Meeting with God is the radio teaching ministry of Vertical Church in Columbus. We're in the middle of a series called The Power of Worship, and today we're going to listen to the second part of a message called Victory Over Temptation. Let's open our Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. When God is testing us, we need to cry out to him for grace. When the devil is tempting us, which is what we're talking about here, temptation, we need a totally different response. We need to flee from that. We need to go against that. Temptation is nothing to fear. Victory is possible. Well, the question is, you know, there's the two extremes. I have overconfidence or I have hopelessness. Maybe you're saying, well, what's the answer, Luke? How do I deal with temptation? I want victory. I'm going to tell you that victory is in three words. Look right in the text. It says, God is faithful. I would challenge you, underline that. If you want to deal with temptation, it's not about being getting rid of your overconfidence or getting rid of your hopelessness per se. Dealing with temptation is about putting your trust in God. Victory over temptation does not come in mustering up enough willpower or managing our sin or trying to outsmart the devil some way. Overcoming temptation is really about trusting my faithful father. The greatest temptation we face, really, if we want to be honest, is trying to fight temptation in our own strength instead of trusting God. Listen, I'm telling you, in temptation, it's not just about getting away from the sin and away from the temptation. It's about running to God. When you run to God, you're putting your faith in him. That's when God can work in your spirit. But I think the problem that we struggle with in temptation is that really we're having a lack of trust in God's goodness or a lack of trust in God's faithfulness or a lack of God. God, you can't provide a spouse for me. God, you can't help my teenage child. You can't lead that coworker to Christ. God, you can't help my finances right now. I, I, I just need to handle this on my own and I'm just gonna do it my own way. The real issue is where our relationship with God is. We had something really special happen uh, this week. Uh, Many of you have been praying for um, Marcel and Jana Neto. God really put it on Jana's heart a couple of years ago uh, to have another child. I really longed to have a child. And um, as they were going forward, they decided to become uh, foster parents. And um, they um, were able to uh, take care of a little boy named Alex. And they were able to get him very young. He was just a little boy. He was born into a family that was um, very challenged. I'll just leave it at that. And um, they cared for him for about a year up until uh, this winter when the courts had a change of mind and they pulled that little boy away and um, took him back and put him with his family. And I think you can understand the ache in their heart of knowing that this child is in a dangerous situation very clearly and the pain of losing that child away and their hopes for adopting him. And so we've been praying, and many of you have seen the prayer request coming from Carolyn, and we've been crying out to God, and it was kind of, the, the intensity was kind of going up about a week and a half ago, and we were praying together. Carolyn was fasting, and we were just crying out to God that God would deliver this child and put him back in the Neto family. 
I'll admit it looked a little hopeless at times. Um, the way the laws are here in, in uh, Delaware County, it's very difficult to pull a child out of even an abusive family. And uh, you can imagine all the pain that they were feeling. We cried out to God, uh, put our trust in God. And last week, God answered in an amazing way. God brought some things to light right as the court developments were happening. I want to show you a picture of God's answer here. You can see them right here. The only thing bad is that Alex is looking in the wrong direction at the wrong time. But um, he's a cute little guy. And um, I want to encourage you to keep praying for him. Um, We're hoping within a few weeks to have a more permanent setup um, where they're able to adopt permanently and put that boy in a place where he can grow, grow in the Lord, and someday be used for the sake of the kingdom. Amen? But I'm going to tell you, as they're going through that and wrestling through that whole struggle, the question comes down to this. Do we trust God or do we not? Can God really do this? Can God really work even through authorities? Can he work in difficult situations? Can he work in my life? And I would tell you, I would speak faith into your life today. Yes, he can. Yes, he can. This is just one example of God at work. Well, how do we trust God How do we do that in a practical way? Let me give you three areas that you can trust him in temptation. Look at verse 13. It says, God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. I must trust God to know my limits. That's the first area we have to trust God. God, can I really believe that you will not allow me to be tempted above my, beyond my ability? And sometimes you feel that thing where like, God, you're really trusting me a lot because you're letting me go through an awful lot. I'd like you, to, I, I'd be better, Lord, if you just didn't trust me as much and kind of pulled it back a little bit. You ever felt that? Well, sometimes we use our own perceived capacity, sadly, as an excuse to capitulate to temptation. Sometimes you say, God, I want to trust you, but I I just don't know because you're allowing me to go in some some really difficult things. God, don't you see this? Don't you see what's going on? This is so hard. And then we kind of get to the place where like, you know what, maybe God doesn't see it. Now, we would never say that in church. That would be awful. But in the quietness of our own home, in the depths of temptation, sometimes we just say, yeah, in reality, I don't know if I can trust God. And we just do what we're going to do. Let me encourage you to reject the lie uh, that our sin or our temptation is too heavy. Sometimes you say, God, this is too heavy. This is too, I can't possibly resist. Or we say, there's too much history here. If you knew my family or you knew my history, you know the sin that I've gone through. If you knew where I'd failed, yeah, you wouldn't, God, you wouldn't be letting me in this situation. It's too hard to resist. Or here's another thing that we'll use. We'll say, this is just too dark. This is too dark to resist. I've gone, I've done too many wicked things. If people knew my history or knew the things that I've looked at or said or done, um, there's no way I can resist temptation. Or maybe it's too complicated. We basically tell God, God, you're God sometimes, but you're really not able to know my limits. The truth is that God knows you better than you know yourself. 
God knows because he sees and he cares for you, okay? Temptations will come and go. It's common. What was it again? It's common. But God walks through that with us. In fact, sometimes it's when we go through the greatest temptation that God is nearest. And God wants to prove that he can be faithful no matter what the situation God is with you when you are weak, when you are tired, when you're frustrated, when temptation is unusually strong. God is there. God is there. Sometimes we forget, God is right there with me. God wants to help you. God knows your limits. I want to say something here, make an observation. Sometimes when we talk about temptation... I mean, what are the words that come to your mind when you think of temptation? Think of something like sinister or X-rated or like evil or something like that, okay? Temptation is evil. I want to make something really clear, though. You know, temptation is equally, equally powerful for some of the more religiously acceptable sins. Doesn't have to be something like in a dark corner in some creepy part of town for it to be a temptation. Think about some of the temptations that we have to be lazy at work or to be hopeless in our relationships or to be selfish with the remote. <laughs> some of you are laughing, some of you are not. Um, here's another one to retaliate with my words. Maybe even use scripture. That makes it biblical, of course. Or to be a glutton, or to complain, or to gossip. You know, it's always great to say, I just heard a story. Brother, you got to pray with me about this. Christians use prayer as a cover or a guise for gossip. Or here's a really hard one. How about unforgiveness? You know, we might call these the softer side of sin, but it's sin, and we have temptation just the same. The temptation to say something wrong might be just as strong in my life as the temptation to go out and look at something dirty as in someone else's life. It doesn't matter. It's temptation, and it's really common, but God knows our limits. God cares for us. Pastor Luke Aarons from Vertical Church. You know, I love that you're listening to Meeting with God, but I got a question for you. Are you doing the Christian life in isolation? At Vertical Church Columbus, we live out biblical community, not only through our weekend services, but also in grace groups. These small groups meet across the city weekly to encourage one another and care for one another and study God's word together. You know, if you don't have Christians around you in your journey with Christ, let me invite you to Vertical Church. Go to verticalchurch.life. I must trust God to know my limits. Here's the second one. I must trust God to provide an escape. Look at verse 13. It says, God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, literally your power, but will, with the temptation, provide the way of escape. God's providing for you. Now, we typically don't think of, wow, God's providing my needs right in the middle of my temptation, but that's the word there. It's provide. God's providing something for you, even in your darkest moment, in the most difficult situation. God is providing. He is pulling grace towards you in that moment because he loves you. Here's one way that he really loves you, is providing an escape. 
Let me give you a couple of escapes that God uses. Sometimes we're like, well, I'd really like it. It'd be really nice if I could just like pull a string and just be, be out of this situation. Or better yet, pull a string and they're out of this situation. Even better. That's not how God works all the time. Let me give you uh, six ways, six different escapes that God uses in our lives. Here's the first one. To proclaim scriptural truth. You think about how Jesus went through temptation. I always love Matthew chapter 4. You can jot these passages down. Look at them later. When Jesus was tempted by the devil, and I'm guessing the devil was probably giving him his best game, what did Jesus do in responding to temptation? He quoted scripture. Whether you're going through a temptation for food, which Jesus went through, or you're going through a temptation to wrongly apply scripture, or to get power to yourself, all of which Jesus faced, it doesn't matter, or some completely different temptation, the reality is God's word speaks to that. And you need to hold fast to God's word. And notice that I said proclaim a scriptural truth. Heard it said, people said, you know, instead of listening to ourselves, we should be preaching to ourselves. You may not get up here on Sunday morning and speak God's word or do it in some other fashion, but I'm telling you, in temptation, you need to be preaching to yourself. That's how God gives you an escape. And as you preach God's truth to yourself, that's how God builds faith into your heart and he gets you off that temptation. One thing I've told guys, if you're struggling with purity, memorize verses. And keep memorizing verses. Get your head on something. Get your head on truth, not trying to get away from temptation. Get on truth. Maybe you're wondering what that would look like. How should I, I'm at work, Luke, okay? And how do I start proclaiming truth to myself when I'm at work? That would be a little awkward. Last couple weeks, uh, Micah's been growing his vocabulary, and it's fun to watch a two-year-old start to learn how to talk, and now he's actually at the point where he can make simple sentences by himself. And um, the other day, I was, uh, it was early morning, I was going to make some ginseng, some coffee, and um, I said, why don't you come downstairs and, and, and let's make, make mommy coffee. And so the whole way down, he kind of slides down our stairs. You know, it's better to go backwards than to go forwards at this point. So he just kind of slides, and the whole way down, he's like, make mommy coffee, make mommy coffee, make mommy coffee, make mommy coffee. And he's kind of gotten in that mode. I don't know if he's just afraid he's going to forget or what the deal is, okay? (laughs) But a temptation, that's a great example. Just keep reviewing the truth of God's word. Just keep reviewing his promises to those who are faithful. Just keep holding on to God in that moment as you proclaim truth to yourself. Here's a second one. Here's another escape. Prayer both in advance and in the moment. Um, Jesus told the disciples, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Okay, well, he was telling them to pray for it in advance, but I'm gonna tell you in the moment, which Jesus was coming right up on, what was Jesus doing as he was going into arguably the most difficult temptation he would face? He was praying. And in that moment, even on the cross, as he's absorbing all the evil of mankind, what is he doing? Praying, Father, forgive them. Here's a third escape that God will provide. Physically leave, physically leave. Genesis uh, chapter 19, 17, 
It's talking about Sodom, where the angels went in there and they literally pulled Lot's family out. And he said, you got to leave. And they were like slow leaving, picking up their blinds. He's like, you got to leave now. And eventually they grabbed them and started running. He said, you got to go now. And why? Their eyes were staying. They were so important. They were filled with temptation. They wanted their stuff more than they wanted their lives. I'm going to tell you, there's a time in temptation where that reality comes into play where you got to leave some stuff and walk away from it. Notice that they weren't even supposed to look back. Lot's wife looked back and she became a pillar of salt. There's a time where you got to, you know, hightail it out of there and physically leave. Just closing your eyes when you're watching something you shouldn't or having a discussion with somebody you shouldn't be talking to, you need to get out of there. Get away from it. Don't play with temptation. Run from it. Here's another escape. Sharing your burden. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 2, talking about a context of someone in sin, says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Well, that's a command to us to help others bear burdens. But I'm going to tell you, if you don't give somebody a call or shoot them a text or give them an email or go see them, it's really hard to bear somebody's burdens without knowing about them. And I want to encourage you, if you're in a small group or you're not, get in a small group. But you should be in a place where there's other believers around you that in that moment of temptation, you can pick up the phone and say, hey, I need some help. Pray for me. Encourage me. Here's a fifth one, hate evil. When we don't learn to hate what is evil, Scripture says to love what is good and hate what is evil. If we begin to love the good things that God has given us, the good things God wants us to love, it enables us to turn from sin in that moment, to cling to what is good and to abhor what is evil, which is what Romans 12, 9 says. says, let love be genuine, abhor what is evil, hold fast, what is good. Let me give you one more. I'm going to call this advanced escaping. Advanced in two senses, really. If you want to get in a better place with temptation, maybe there's a specific sin that's weighing you down. Romans 13, 14 says, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ, that's the first thing, and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Hear me when I say, if you're setting the table for temptation and then trying to get away from it later, it's not going to work. You're going to fall when you don't. You, sometimes God provides the escape in advance. Take it. Don't get close to temptation. As close as I can, as close to the line, and I'm not going to fall. Okay? Make no provision. Clean your house out. Get the things away from you. Sometimes we got to look for the details. I saw a funny article online. It was from the state of Vermont. Um, the state of Vermont uh, has some, you, you ever seen on police cars, they have those nice little decals with a nice little you know, emblem of the city or the state. Well, they happen to have um, their city decal put together by uh, an inmate in their prison system. Well, let me describe it to you. Um, it's this nice little police decal, and it's got a picture of a cow in it, and it's got some other little nice things. Well, on the cow's spots, one of these inmates trying to be funny, as a nasty way to refer to a police, one of the spots up at the top, 
they put a little pig right on that emblem. So on all these police cars, they have this little pig. Well, that went on for years. It was put on police cars the whole bit until finally somebody got wind of it. Well, since that that time, they've cleaned it up. Now, why they would have inmates putting these together, that's another question. Maybe they were low on budget or something. I don't know. But sometimes you've got to pay attention to the details. Amen? And sometimes in our lives, we've got to pay attention to the details. Sometimes it's those little nagging sins that we don't push out of the way and eliminate or decapitate or whatever it takes. Those ensnare us at the wrong time. That's one of the escapes. Make sure you clean those details out. Get that stuff away from you. I must trust God to know my limits, provide my escape. Here's the last thing. Empower my victory. Notice the final thing in this verse. It says, God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but will with the temptation also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. I'm going to tell you that's as much fact as it is promise. The result is if, if you will trust God, you will, have, you will have the power to withstand the ensnaring or blast of the enemy. Enduring is not just avoiding temptation. It is holding on to God. Sometimes temptation can be the place where God brings you closest, where you learn to trust him. Enduring is not just avoiding defeat. Enduring is victory in Christ. Sometimes our attitude is after we've been faithful to the Lord and gone through temptation, we're like, oh, that thing's over. I barely escaped. That's not the approach you should have. You should have the approach of, woohoo, God did something in my life. God was faithful to me. I had victory. When God is faithful, when you trust him, celebrate it. Now, you might have to be selective with who you celebrate with, okay? But let me tell you this. If you don't have anybody to celebrate your victory over temptation with, then you're probably not in a small group. You're probably not with other believers. There should be some people in your life that know what snag you down. And when you have victory, you should be shooting them a text going, dude, get some ice cream. Pass the test. I endured. I had victory today. Here's the second thing. I must trust God to know my limits, to provide my escape and empower my victory. Total victory requires building. I thinking of Proverbs chapter 25, verse 28, which says, a man without self-control is like a city broken into and without walls. That's the classic example of someone who is susceptible to temptation. There's no guard. There's no protection. There's no, I don't have anything protecting me. And I'm going to tell you, when you're celebrating the victory of what God did, go back to work. Put some more bricks and mortar in place. Begin to build up the wall so you don't have the same struggle with temptation. Spend your time on that. You're not cleaning up the mess after falling into sin. Celebrate by building a higher wall. Then this, Leviticus chapter 11, verse 44, says, you shall therefore be holy as I am holy. Holiness is about being set apart Holiness is not just the absence of something wrong. We don't just be like, oh, I go to that great church. We just have a total absence. That's not the church I want to go to. I want the absence of sin, but I want the presence of God. 
I want the glory of God to rest in this place and in our lives. I want it to be like Moses, where the presence of God was, was visible in his life. God was working in and through him. That's the goal. That's victory. Victory is not just abstaining. Victory is embracing Jesus Christ and experiencing his power and celebrating his presence at work in our lives. Victory is trusting God to know your limits. Victory is letting God provide an escape. And by the way, taking the escape when he provides it. Then finally, trusting that God will empower your victory. And when he does, the goal is that the glory of God would be at work in your life. That's victory. That's celebrating what only God can do. The world doesn't provide escape from temptation. Only God does. God is the one that would bring victory into our lives. Thank you so much for listening to Meeting with God, the radio ministry of Vertical Church in Columbus, Ohio. If you missed part of today's message or would like to hear other messages from Pastor Luke Aarons, please visit our archive of Meeting with God radio programs at our website, verticalchurch.life. There you'll find a collection of past messages from God's Word, which you can listen to easily, as well as share with your family and friends. Also on our website, you can learn how to connect with Vertical Church personally if you're in Columbus or leave a prayer request. As always, we hope you'll join us here tomorrow at the very same time for your meeting with God. Meeting with God is the teaching ministry of Vertical Church Columbus. For more information, go to verticalchurch.life.